Hey everybody, welcome to the Global Health Impact Fund episode 17 podcast. I'm your host, Martin Eels. Today we have one amazing guest. She is the Global Director for Johnson Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Rashna Dayal. Hey Martin, thank you so much. Lovely to be here and and, uh, very excited to be on the podcast. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, before we kick off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and the non-traditional elements in your career journey? I grew up in India and then, you know, very quickly after doing my bachelor's in engineering, kind of moved to Netherlands, a very different kind of world from where I grew up. And that has really shaped my professional background a lot, right? I was working in a very innovative space within Philips Consumer Electronics for six years. And from there on, I was able to actually uh, be part of the startup world, you know, and and leverage a technology that I had done my master's thesis on to launch a very innovative startup um, that had great impact on reducing both, um, you know, the power consumption in circuits, but also increasing the speed of the circuits. So it, it helped a lot in that sense with technology. And um, that was that was one non-traditional leap for me because I went from being, you know, kind of a digital designer to doing all kinds of things like sales and marketing and understanding finance and how startups are run for the first time. And very early on in my career, career so like in my 20s, in my late 20s. And then from there on, um, I went back to do my MBA at IMD in Switzerland. Um, and, and the reason I did that MBA was because having run my startup, I realized that I needed a little bit of training on certain elements like supply chain or finance, right? That I was not an expert in those areas. And, and I also wanted to change industry. And from, from my MBA, I then moved on to Johnson & Johnson. And I've been here for the last 10 years. And what's been very unique about my career path in J&J is that I have done very different kinds of roles. So I've moved from commercial marketing and market research to supply chain, and I've done operations and global change management, and, and all in the quest of really understanding how big companies are run. And, and currently, I'm in a very innovative space within supply chain where we launch very innovative solutions. And the reason I wanted or I took this role was because I think the, the entrepreneur in me is very happy being an intrapreneur now, right? Because I'm finding that within big companies, you're getting more and more opportunities to let the entrepreneurial side shine and come to life and help shape strategy in a very different manner than than you would do 10 years ago, say, for example. So in that sense, it's been pretty unique because it's not unifunctional or just big corporations or just one region, but it's been all across the globe and it's also been very multifunctional. It's, um, you know, and it leads to a lifestyle which never has a dull moment. <laughs> so with you being in such a big organization, like, how do you still stay engaged with the startups and the entrepreneurial world? It's both through my work, but also the things I do to volunteer outside, right? So as I mentioned, I sometimes purposefully choose roles that are very entrepreneurial, that help you work on cutting edge innovation within the company, of course, for your customers, for the segments. But outside of my key work, I realized that, you know, there's so many ways to to help entrepreneurs by volunteering. So currently I am volunteering with a local 
incubator that is run out of a university in New Jersey to help in the area of healthcare, right? I also invest in small companies, right? Sometimes it's through friends and families and other times it's really, I come across some very interesting entrepreneurs through my network and I really believe that they are working in the right space, right? And, and honestly, some of those investments are very good and the others tank very quickly, right? So, so it's a mixed bag. Um, but also, what I, I have access to a media platform called India Currents within, within US, and I'm leveraging that platform to highlight the work of great startups and entrepreneurs. Some of the people I may meet you know, through my network are amazing uh, people, and, and I find that they don't get as much attention or visibility as I would want these areas to get. So, so I leverage the platform to bring to life their stories through a new, um, you know, through a new channel of work that we've started with that media outlet. Okay, so what advice would you have for startups uh, wanting to work with the, the big companies in the healthcare industry? Oh my God, there's so many ways to get to know big companies, right? Um, I think the one thing is to have a global mindset, right? We live in a world where nothing is local anymore, right? Including the pandemic, it, it spans across the globe. So, so recognize that a lot of great ideas or the passion for investment can come from innovative leaders across the globe, right? Um, and I would say now is the time when healthcare needs entrepreneurs that may not have grown in the healthcare industry. So they might have grown up in technology, they might have grown up in another service industry. But I think this is the time where healthcare needs those innovations to come to life. Um, so understand the latent, the ongoing and emerging needs that the healthcare industry is. Study the trends and shifts in landscape uh, and recognize that some of these shifts and trends that the pandemic brought to us are gonna be permanent. And the pandemic is now uncovering latent needs that you know, customers and patients never knew they had. And, and look for those nuggets because those are the things that are going to drive change in the future. Secondly, um, a lot of big companies have very strong infrastructure to engage external innovation and startups. They have venture arms, they could have incubators, accelerators, they many times hold competition for startups to win, you know, either prize money or space to sit and interact with their leaders, right, and, and get guidance and mentoring. So apply for these competitions if you fall in that area. Understand, understand their strategic focus by engaging with them or these different arms for external innovation. I think that's very, very critical. If you follow you know, a company's competitions on a regular basis, you'll understand very quickly what their strategic focus areas are, right? And that may otherwise take you, I don't know, 30 people to connect to 30 people to get that. But, but just looking at the external innovation focus areas, you'll, you'll learn a lot. Very critical piece of advice, because I always believed in this and, and being customer centric is, if you want to engage with a big industry organization, understand their customers and the customer's need. And this is true regardless of which industry, whether in healthcare or, or any other industry. And if you can understand the unmet needs of their customers, and I have a solution 
that will help fulfill that. I'm, I mean, you've got the ear, heart, and soul listening out to you, right? So, so, so I think that's something that never gets old, no matter which industry you're in. Um, don't be shy to reach out to people to mentor you. There's a lot of leaders uh, who may not know about you, but once you introduce yourself, and LinkedIn is such an easy platform where you can reach out to people, but you can meet people in conferences, uh, you can hear about a leader's name in, in press releases or what have you, um, try to reach out to them and see if they will mentor you. And, and sometimes you can learn a lot. Um, and if you're on the fence and you don't know if you want to be an entrepreneur in, in the healthcare industry or whatever, any other industry, see if there are any entrepreneurial job openings in these big companies. For a lot of these internal innovation roles, these companies do look outside to bring in talent that has done amazing things or innovations outside, right? So maybe that is a path for you to become an entrepreneur and then, then go to entrepreneurship and because then you learn about the industry. You're an insider in the industry. You have the network. Um, I've seen a lot of great people do that within, uh, within healthcare. So and it seems like a lot of laundry lists and you, you could, if you have the time and the bandwidth as an entrepreneur, do all of them. But, but I'm sure based on what your needs are, you can focus in, on a couple of these to, to make inroads into, into bigger organizations. I think you made some fantastic points there, especially when it comes to the mentoring side. What are some of the industry-specific points that you want entrepreneurs to keep in mind as they develop innovations and startups in this area? In, in healthcare, right, where yeah. I am, it's a highly regulated industry. And regulations are constantly evolving, right? And we live in an era of data and, and, and transparency but within healthcare, you know, for all the right reasons, there's a big push for privacy of healthcare data. And, and I totally understand why that is. And it is supported. And when you, if you are an entrepreneur who's worked like in just tech industry, it's very hard to imagine how strict the boundaries of regulation in healthcare can be. So do your homework and really understand the regulations that will govern your innovation or implementation of a solution or whatever strategy or ideas you have. I think that's critical. And there's a lot of information available on government websites. There are a lot of consulting firms or data firms that actually are insights firms that try to translate that regulation into what does it mean, right? Um, do your homework, learn about it. <clears throat> and if you don't know enough, find a mentor, as I said, right? somebody who can teach you about it. Because if you don't, you might find yourself getting stuck in, uh, you know, if you want, if your exit route or desired exit route is acquisition by a big company, but if you have a lot of regulation loopholes, that could stand in the way of that acquisition. Or that could even stand in the way of partnership, right? I mean, no big company will take the risk of partnering with a startup who has regulation loopholes, not because you wanted it, but simply because you weren't aware, whatever the reason might be. So be very mindful of that. The second thing is that regulations evolve, right, over time. And even in healthcare, we are seeing a lot of innovations. Great example is telehealth during the pandemic, right? The government passed a lot of new regulations that enable development and progress of telehealth during the pandemic. Be mindful of the new areas of evolution. Understand who's advocating for change, right? And how 
can you actually, if you're really working in an area where regulations are just being developed, maybe your little startup can play a role in bringing the industry leaders together to, to, so that you know, you're helping shape the regulation and not dealing with the aftermath of the regulation being set. It's easy to say because, and hard to do because startups don't have bandwidth, right? And some of these regulations take years to develop. But, but for people who are working in pharma innovation, they know that they are in the long game, right? So, so I think healthcare entrepreneurs have to be ready for the long haul. There are no easy, quick fixes. It's not CPG, right? So, so be ready for that and be mindful and, and stay ahead of the game by doing the homework. I think you've covered some amazing points today. Is there anything else you'd like to add because you've answered all my questions I've had for you? Don't, don't think local. There are so many investors that have started to do cross-border investments. There are so many companies that are actually no matter where they're headquartered, they're open to looking at startups across the globe. I mean, a lot of companies set up innovation hubs just for that reason in each region, like you know, headquartered in, I don't know, Shanghai or Israel or East Coast, West Coast. So, so, so be very mindful that having a very local mindset for investments and exit could actually keep you from success. And so developing a global mindset and, and reaching out and expanding your network is probably the best favor you can do yourself and your company. I agree. Again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I've really appreciated it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Martin. It's been such a pleasure. Okay, stay safe and I'll speak to you soon.